would like to welcome you all to, uh, to this uh, new panel. Our forum today aims to showcase the leadership of Hong Kong across the many areas where Hong Kong has a competitive advantage. And one of those areas is exactly the use of Hong Kong as uh, an arbitration uh, place and also as uh, a legal jurisdiction hub. So uh, we are delighted to have with us uh, a terrific panel. Uh, I will um, uh, let uh, Dimitri Tsirinakis introduce our panelists. I'd like to thank Benjamin, of course, for being a great partner for this forum uh, and uh, for having every one of you with us today. Uh, so without any further delay, I will turn it over to Dimitri to uh, take over. And thank you again. Thank you, Nicholas. Uh, welcome, everyone. Uh, I think before we kick off the panel, uh, Benjamin has some introductory remarks for us, and then I'll, I'll take it over from him uh, when he is done. Benjamin, over to you. Yes, um, thank you, Nicholas. Thank you, uh, Dimitris. Um, it's great here today with um, this panel. Uh, at first, when Nicholas was um, telling me about this panel uh, with all uh, people from the uh, legal profession, uh, I said, no, I don't want to be uh, on that panel. Uh, I will just do a remark. Um, that's less pressure for me. Uh, now, um, in our email exchanges earlier uh, for this panel, um, Dimitris used uh, this phrase um, that uh, Hong Kong is a legal and arbitration powerhouse. Uh, I believe this is very true and it hasn't changed. Although we have had a rough uh, year or two years, um, ranging from the US and also uh, Sino tension, trade tension um, to the social unrest here in Hong Kong and also COVID-19 this year. Uh, but Hong Kong is still uh, kicking and alive. Uh, how well are we kicking and alive? Uh, this actually is something that I'll leave it to the panel to tell you because um, they're all from different countries uh, and also including good portion uh, actually living here in Hong Kong. Um, uh, but for me, actually here, I would like to say a, uh, a few words uh, on the arbitration first. I think we have done well uh, in the past year uh, on arbitration. Uh, if we look at it from uh, three different levels, um, on international level, we have BIMCO named us as one of the four uh, arbitration venue. On a national level, uh, we have the interim measure, uh, uh, which is uh, now implemented. Uh, actually, we also have this um, supplementary uh, agreement uh, signed uh, earlier, two days ago. And then on a city level, uh, we have the Hong Kong Maritime Arbitration Group, uh, which is now moved out from the HKIAC and become independent and uh, much more efficient now. So I think uh, we have um, quite a number of good news on the arbitration side. Um, for the interim measure, I mentioned that uh, we have this supplemental agreement signed uh, on the 27th two days ago. Uh, now, um, this is very important as it expressly confirmed that the relevant courts may impose uh, preservation or mandatory measures uh, pursuant to an application before or after accepting the application uh, for enforcement of an um, arbitral award. And it also allows parties to make a simultaneous application to the mainland and Hong Kong courts uh, for enforcement of an arbitral award. Um, so um, this is very uh, good for us. Um, and as you know, um, Hong Kong is the only place around the world which got this interim measure in place with mainland China. And also another good news is that um, 
we have this gradable area legal professional examination um, for the legal practitioners, including uh, young solicitors and also barristers uh, with five years of experience. Um, after passing this examination and obtaining the uh, lawyer's practice certificate uh, for the Greater Bay Area, they are allowed to practice in the Greater Bay Area, uh, the nine cities within mainland China. Um, so I think um, very quickly, I have mentioned about the um, achievements that Hong Kong has done for the past year. Uh, and more importantly, uh, the opportunities lying ahead uh, for the legal sector in the Great Bay Area. Um, so I think I have painted uh, a broad enough and good enough uh, backdrop uh, for the panel. Um, so uh, without further ado, I will hand it over to Dimitri uh, to start the panel. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Benjamin, uh, for these uh, brief introductory remarks. Um, I'd like to start uh, briefly by also thanking our hosts, Capital Link, the Hong Kong Maritime and Port Board, and Investor Hong Kong, of course, for uh, offering us uh, this platform today. As um, Benjamin already alluded, the, the aim of this panel, the fourth, the fourth panel of the day, is to, to discuss the recent developments in the maritime legal sector uh, in Hong Kong and to assess and discuss Hong Kong's ability to continue to offer uh, these unparalleled services that it has offered so far uh, in the region and, and the world at large. Um, in this aim, we are presented with a panel of, of immense depth and knowledge and, and actually distinguished service to the industry. So please allow me to, to welcome uh, Arthur Bowring of the Hong Kong Maritime Arbitration Group, uh, Rosita Lau of Insenco, uh, Lian Jin Lee of Richards Butler, uh, Reed Smith Richards Butler, uh, Andrew Ridger Green of Stevenson Harwood, and Edward Liu of uh, Hill Dickinson. Um, for our viewers, you will note there's a Q&A button in your uh, Zoom platform. Uh, feel free to use that. Uh, our aim is to allow time um, for questions uh, towards the end of the panel discussion. Um, as uh, Benjamin mentioned, there have been a, a number of recent developments and he also alluded to the fact that I, in, in, in exchanges between us, I refer to Hong Kong as a powerhouse. Um, Rosita, if I may start with you, please. You have been a longtime servant of the maritime industry in Hong Kong and clients around the world. Um, what is it in your view that makes Hong Kong such a popular and successful legal and arbitration venue? Um, I think we have a lot of good things, too many good things to say within too short a period of time. <laughs> I just want to be concise. Uh, first of all, I think we have the hardware and software all here. Uh, Hardware-wise, of course, is because we have the very good legal system here. And uh, even after the return of the sovereignty of over Hong Kong back to China in 1997, we still continue to, the, to be run under the one country, two systems uh, principle. That is, we still carry on with the capitalism, capitalist uh, life way. And we are ruled by the rule of law and also uh, we still follow the common law system. Uh, I think as everybody knows, uh, 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 I believe all the participants, all, all those who are watching us, understand that uh, common law system is the most established legal system of the world, and uh, also what the international shipping community always uh, follow. Uh, 
And more importantly, because uh, the law of Hong Kong are still modeled on English law. So English cases still have very, very uh, big persuasive power uh, when judges in Hong Kong uh, are judge cases. Now, hardware-wise, this sort of thing, but then software-wise, basically, it's the law itself. Uh, other than English law, we still carry on. Um, although we have the new constitutional law, like uh, the basic law, or the recently we have also some uh, the, uh, new law governing the security, like the national security law, but all these will not affect the strength of Hong Kong as a really uh, prominent uh, legal center, in particular for industry like shipping, which is very international. And also we have uh, independent judiciary and all the judges are not civil servants. Uh, in other words, they cannot, they will not and will not follow, say for instance, what the chief executive wants them to do in cases. And in addition to that, uh, we have the people here, which I think is the most important thing. That is the software wise. We have the people here. Uh, I just want to call myself. I believe that I may be the only one among all the panelists today. I may be the only one who was born in Hong Kong of Hong Kong origin, but also educated partly in Hong Kong, partly uh, uh, over, overseas. I was partly educated in England. But then I practice, uh, as Dimitris, you mentioned, thank you very much. Uh, I practice basically uh, for clients uh, over the world. So uh, I think I'm well pleased to say that uh, one of the reasons for our successful uh, 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 being uh, our success for being the international regional legal center is because it's the people here, it's the brain here. We got judges, arbitrators, we have Arthur here, we have lawyers like uh, Benjamin, Edward, Andrew, they all, and there's so many others. And we believe that we understand how our clients operate business. It's the, it's the very important that we know the languages. We speak, write, understand, and can listen to English and Chinese and a lot, many, many Chinese dialects here. And in Hong Kong, we have so many famous and long established maritime law firm from England and America. And together we can actually practice maritime law. We help the clients here. So no matter you're from Hong Kong or overseas or from mainland China, we can help you because we know how you think, we know how you operate. I think it's very important for clients to know that because they have the clients to understand how they operate and how they work. In addition to that, I think the important thing is we are very user-friendly. We have judges in the Maritime Court uh, on rotor 24 hours around the day, seven days a week and 365 days a year. Um, uh, I remember that uh, we also, the common law system is so important is because I believe that in East Asia, uh, not to mention uh, China, Hong Kong is the only place in East Asia which practice common law. The common law system is important because international-wide for shipping industry, common law system is the most popular system and English law is the most widely applicable law. So you can see that we have hardware software here we know the people, we know we have the language skill, we have the brain here, and then we have so much experience of acting for people coming from mainland China, trying to go out under the one, one by one row initiative and recently three years ago, 
uh, the Great Bay Area Initiative. So I think we are absolutely well placed to continue to be and International Legal Center and, uh, and also the Dispute Resolution Center. Uh, you mentioned- Thank you, Rosita. Sorry, I, uh, I was just going to ask you to, to wrap up uh, because you, you've packed a lot uh, in, in five minutes there and uh, there's certainly a lot of what you've just mentioned we will be discussing uh, uh, later on as well. Um, one of course of the uh, points that you, you alluded to and Benjamin mentioned in his opening remarks is that uh, Hong Kong is continuing to promote itself and kind of reinforce itself as a uh, dispute resolution center. And in that regard, uh, it's joined by the central government uh, in Beijing. Um, I'd like to, to turn to Edward because he was one of the early success stories uh, in, in using one of the tools that the Hong Kong and, uh, and mainland China government uh, implemented. And that was the... Uh, um, the very uh, snappily named uh, mutual arrangement of the enforcement of uh, arbitration awards. Um, Edward, um, yes. I understand there have been some recent developments uh, which are uh, of great interest both to us as practitioners, but obviously also to the, uh, to the end users of the services that Hong Kong offers. Would you like to uh, uh, brief us uh, on, on what's been happening recently? Yes, many thanks, uh, Dimitris. And also, it's very, um, it's my pleasure to be here as a panel member with so many other prestigious um, uh, lawyers in, in Hong Kong uh, in shipping and commercial area uh, for the dispute resolution. Uh, indeed, as, as uh, Dimitris, you mentioned, and also uh, Benjamin uh, briefly mentioned about uh, the recent development. I think as an arbitration lawyer, we all can share the uh, the, the agreement that uh, for the in the past few years we are so excited to see uh, many many things happening uh, the good things happening to Hong Kong especially for example last year um, Hong Kong and the mainland signed the arrangement on the intermeasures in out of uh, arbitration proceedings in these two jurisdictions which I understand that um, um, uh, the other panel member will elaborate it uh, later and then. As also you mentioned, um, the, the Department of Justice together with the Supreme People's Court of, the, of China signed another arrangement, which is also significant to Hong Kong arbitration. That is supplemental arrangement concerning mutual enforcement of, um, of arbitral awards between this jurisdiction, uh, these two jurisdictions uh, that was signed last Friday, uh, 27th November. Um, actually, uh, when you read uh, the, the supplemental arrangement, um, basically, uh, that especially issued by the people, uh, Supreme People's Court, um, there's, uh, there's another uh, supplemental document to this supplemental arrangement um, uh, regarding the notable cases re relating to the mutual enforcement of the arbitral wars. Uh, in these two jurisdictions, i.e. For, the, for there are five, uh, five cases um, uh, 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 referring to the enforcement of uh, the Hong Kong arbitral wars by the Chinese court, the Mellon court, and then another five cases uh, for the Hong Kong courts to enforce the mainland uh, awards. And, and because I'm a member of the advisory committee of the promotion of arbitration, so I had a, a privilege to, uh, to discuss 
the, uh, the details of the supplemental arrangement and also I contributed a few cases uh, which has now been released from the Hong Kong side. So that is indeed very, very um, exciting, I think, to all the arbitration lawyers, not only for uh, uh, the shipping, but also for all general arbitration lawyers in, in, in the city. Basically, um, the, as we all know that the arrangement, there was an arrangement signed between these two jurisdictions in two, uh, 1999, uh, 20 years ago. Uh, it has been uh, for, for uh, uh, the, the arrangement, basically we all agree that has successfully provided a simple and effective mechanism in both jurisdictions on the enforcement of arbitral award. It also, I think, uh, fairly to say, fosters the legal and judicial cooperation in civil and commercial matters between mainland China and Hong Kong. Uh, and therefore, um, uh, upon review of uh, the, uh, the implementation of that original arrangement, the part, uh, the both sides agree that it's necessary to make some appropriate amendments so as to update the arrangement to, uh, to the current needs. Um, um, if it, the, the, the supplemental arrangement actually is very short and very simple. There are basically four uh, issues. First, expressly including the term recognition when referring to the enforcement of arbitral awards. Because if you see uh, the original arrangement, it only refers to enforcement rather than the recognition, which uh, is a bit bizarre because like the New York Convention, it refers to recognition and enforcement. And secondly, it has added an express provision to clarify that a party may apply for preservation measures before and after the court's acceptance of an application to enforce an actual award, uh, which I think is vital, um, vital important as well, because as I said, that we now have the arrangement on the interim measures in out of arbitration proceedings. That is for before and during the arbitral proceedings. And now uh, with this additional provision, we understand that uh, uh, during the enforcement stage, we can still, we can also apply for the, for the uh, uh, assessed preservation. Thirdly is uh, the definition of the scope of arbitral wars, because previously uh, only the listed arbitration institutions uh, from mainland China can have the enforcement of their awards in Hong Kong, but now it only see the seats of arbitration instead of the institution uh, as arbitration institutions. Last but not least, and also the most importantly, it removes the concurrent, the current restriction of the arrangement to uh, allow parties to make simultaneous application to both the courts of the mainland and Hong Kong for enforcement of an arbitral award. Uh, that is critically important because of last year there was a case in Hong Kong that the successful party of the arbitration um, uh, tried to apply for enforcement of that award in mainland, but that was lasted more than six years and failed. And then when the successful party tried to enforce it in Hong Kong, it, it was already barred. So that is a disaster actually for a successful party. And because of this new new terms under the supplemental arrangement now, uh, the parties can be, can be rest assured that they can apply for the enforcement of the award in both jurisdictions, as long as, of course, that um, your, 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 the, 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 the sums that you're applying for the course are not exceeding uh, the, the, uh, the award 
the awarded sums in the in the award. So, uh, so with this, Edward, for, for can I just uh, we, in, we now have a perfect perfect uh, mechanism. Yeah, that's all. Conclude. That's my... Sorry, sorry, I was going to interrupt you there because obviously this is a, an extremely important update. Um, um, but and, and possibly the most important update uh, recently, but it, it is um, actually for the better only one of a whole uh, suite of developments uh, aimed at boosting uh, Hong Kong's uh, competitiveness. And, and I'd like to take, uh, turn to Andrew now. And Andrew, you're the head of the arbitration practice of a major shipping law firm. Uh, you are indeed an arbitrator as well. Um, some of these developments Benjamin spoke to uh, in, during his introductory remarks, but mm. would you like to spend some time to sort of alert everyone to these other developments, including perhaps the BIMCO dispute resolution clause that yeah. um, uh, Benjamin mentioned in the beginning? Yeah, th thanks very much, uh, Dimitri. I, I guess uh, one of the things that um, has concerned me and the international community that, that are my clients over the last number of years is whether Hong Kong can possibly remain uh, a good arbitration venue, uh, particularly when um, there's a strong competition from other venues in the region and obviously traditional venues like New York and London. And um, I'm extremely thankful to Rosita and to Edward for laying out what we have here in Hong Kong. Um, but in, in some senses, that those steps that have been taken don't always allay the fears of our uh, colleagues overseas, because they don't necessarily see things from uh, a close perspective. Um, I, I was talking to some clients in, uh, in Japan um, probably about a year ago, and they were beginning to raise uh, rather important questions as to whether Hong Kong could remain uh, a robust and, and strong and independent venue uh, for uh, dispute resolution, um, given the, the then political situation, um, given that um, a number of the agreements that they were looking to enter into were extremely long-term arrangements and arrangements that go to sort of um, the, the core of trading and transport uh, arrangements. Um, and uh, a number of, of my clients were thinking about possibly choosing other venues. Um, and so it is, um, it, it's really great from our perspective as uh, Hong Kong practitioners to see that organizations like BIMCO continue to have uh, faith uh, in the system here in Hong Kong, and it's um, uh, it, it's excellent that the Law and Arbitration Clause 2020 has included Hong Kong um, uh, as a venue. Um, and in terms of our, our infrastructure, I would say that um, Hong Kong uh, continues to try and uh, perform to the international norms. The arbitration ordinance is no longer new, but it does uh, follow the UN model law um, uh, and therefore follows what is expected of international arbitration centers. In, in addition to that, it brings in some of the um, uh, some of the features that we're quite familiar with in English arbitration and so um, gives us the possibility of appeal which um, most model law countries um, don't do. Now uh, under Hong Kong, the general Hong Kong law, um, 
you can't just appeal an arbitration award, you have to have agreed to incorporate the appeal terms. Um, but one of the excellent things that BIMCO has done, um, and as we all know, within the shipping world, arbitration um, clauses tend to be tacked into an agreement at the very last minute, nobody really thinks about them very much. Um, and we'd end up with uh, rather hodgepodge agreements. The good thing about the BIMCO uh, law and arbitration clause is it weaves in the um, Hong Kong Maritime Arbitrators Group's terms and conditions, which also opts into um, the second schedule of the arbitration ordinance, which is obviously boring law stuff. But what that means in uh, from a user's perspective is that it includes the right to challenge an arbitration award um, on a point of law or for serious irregularity, which is not normally available under the arbitration ordinance. So from a maritime perspective, this a great vote of confidence from the international maritime community um, and uh, in combination with Hong Kong MAG, um, uh, an excellent um, uh, compromise between the international standards of the uh, UNSA trial model law and the possibility and benefits of being able to appeal and challenge arbitration awards. Thank you. Thank you very much, Andrew. Um, I was going to suggest, I mean, the great big, huge white elephant in, in the room that hasn't been mentioned yet in this panel, of course, is uh, COVID-19 and its impact um, on all, all, all of us and all our business and, and also our uh, personal and uh, professional lives. Um, I was intending to ask uh, Arthur, uh, as someone who has pretty much fought every channel, every challenge thrown at the Hong Kong maritime industry in the past few decades. Now, in his role as president of the Hong Kong Maritime and Arbitration Group, he's thrown this challenge as well. And it, we, with that background, um, Arthur, I just wanted to to kind of pick your brain uh, to to try and understand. Um, what can Hong Kong do indeed? What is it doing to, to remain relevant in, in a world where almost everything right now, including this forum, obviously is done remotely, is done virtually. Thank you very much, Demetrius, and good afternoon, everybody. Good morning, wherever you are. Um, yes, what are we doing to remain uh, viable? What, what are we doing to remain Hong Kong and to offer well, Hong Kong, as, as Rosita said, um, Rosita, Edward, Andrew, you've all made very, very good points about what Hong Kong offers. Um, we, we actually have quite a special position in the world in that we are part of China. We're the only common law system within China. Um, uh, we, we can hold arbitrations, of course, in English and Chinese and other languages. But being so close to China gives us unparalleled access into China. Now, China is still the big uh, mover of goods. It is still the major um, commodity trader. And so to have that access into China, it is incredibly important. I think um, uh, later on, we'll probably discuss the Greater Bay Area developments and One Belt, One Road. Um, but certainly, we still have access into China uh, being here in Hong Kong, that uh, probably nowhere else has. Other people have tried, other, other centers have tried to 
um, encourage access. They tried to um, be there in China and and to, um, uh, if you'd like, market their, their strengths. But the strengths we have in Hong Kong are really quite special. We've already spoken about the interim measures. Um, what we also have, which is not talked about very much, is the, um, and, and this is another long title, and I'll blame Department of Justice for this, the pilot scheme on facilitation for persons participating in arbitral proceedings in Hong Kong. Um, this is, is it, it's quite a special arrangement because of course for anywhere um, where people go and work, they have to have some kind of employment visa. This new arrangement, it allows people participating in arbitral proceedings in Hong Kong to come here with a letter of proof that actually allows them to come into Hong Kong on the visitor visa and take part in arbitral proceedings. Now, of course, at the moment with COVID-19, you're absolutely right, Demetrius, <laughs> probably nobody is traveling very much. It's all done virtually. Uh, but this does give Hong Kong a major step forward. It gives us a strength um, that, that I think it's, it's, it's probably quite hard to replicate. Um, we do have fantastic um, connections here in Hong Kong. Um, I don't know if anybody has been into the legal hub, into the eBram office. Uh, where they have uh, several um, connections, very high-speed connections into the different routes coming through Hong Kong, um, which gives them unparalleled virtual access for virtual hearings. Um, so we are, in fact, very well set up um, in Hong Kong to offer um, commercial resolution of disputes, whether it's by arbitration or mediation. Uh, we have the law firms here, we have the council here, um, but we also have a very energetic community. So, um, I mean, I do think that what, one of the reasons, as Andrew said, that we've been recognized in the BIMCO clause is because of what we can offer. If you like the brand of Hong Kong, of Hong Kong Mag. Um, and um, it, it is actually a very exciting time. Um, and this year, especially, I think we've seen quite a rise in the number of appointments that Hong Kong Mag arbitrators have, have um, have, have been given. Um, so it is working. We do have um, areas here which are quite different to other parts of the world. Uh, we have a system which, as Edward has pointed out, uh, with, with mainland China that can be amended very rapidly um, if, if, if we find areas that need to be improved. Um, and as I say, unparalleled access. And that really is a major strength for Hong Kong. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Arthur, for that glimpse in not only our present reality, but what is potentially increasingly going to be the, the, the future of both Hong Kong and arbitration in, in, in general. Um, I'd like to kind of latch on into something that you mentioned in passing, and that was, of course, the, uh, the, the BRI and the Greater Bay Area initiatives. And uh, Lian Jun, um, of course, not only are you a member of the Hong Kong Maritime Arbitration Group, uh, supporting uh, Arthur and his, and his, and his team and his efforts, um, but you're also a, a panel arbitrator in CMAC and CTAC, and you still maintain a thriving uh, private practice. Um, wearing any yeah. one of those hats, or, or all of them, perhaps, I, I don't know. I mean, have you yet seen 
uh, any BRI or uh, GBA related disputes being litigated or, or arbitrated in Hong Kong? And uh, against that background, perhaps with that in mind, would you, would you like to, to spend maybe a couple of minutes to, um, to tell our viewers um, and remind them of kind of Hong Kong's role in these two initiatives and also uh, recent developments, which kind of Rosita touched upon uh, earlier. Uh, during the panel discussion. Um, thank you, Dimitris. Um, um, good morning or good afternoon to all of you uh, who are attending the, uh, this seminar. Um, uh, I would also like to take this opportunity to thank um, Benjamin Wang of um, Investment Hong Kong and um, Nicholas Annie for their invitation. And um, for the BRI, um, for those who are not familiar, um, this is the um, it's a Chinese policy uh, to develop along 100 now 38 countries who have signed the treaty with, with China. And um, <clears throat> so that's the uh, BRI. The um, arbitration, uh, we have been dealing a few but not too many. The reason is I can guess because the, the big projects are just started. And uh, there are disputes relating to the power plant or the terminal operations uh, between the investors and uh, the users that I can see. However, uh, the volume of the trade we can see uh, will be increased uh, in due course, uh, and um, naturally maritime trade or dispute will arise. Similarly, GBA uh, in Great Bay Area, and similarly you have, um, you know, goods movement and people's move, and we expect the uh, disputes will arrive. Now, Hong Kong um, like other speakers like uh, Rosetta, uh, Arthur, Andrew and Edward said, we are well positioned in both initiatives. Um, <clears throat> if you look at the, the Chinese, uh, it's called uh, uh, 13 five years plan. It specifically say Hong Kong will be an international arbitration center and uh, China will promote such role. And similarly, GBA has no other countries, uh, no other cities in those plans. Um, someone may attended a seminar or conference last year, um, uh, Jack Ma said, the only country with 1.4 billion um, is China, they perform the national plans. So hopefully um, we can uh, use the position, as, as I said, Hong Kong is the only um, jurisdiction in China with such big uh, economic import or export with common law, jurisdiction, common law jurisdictions. So um, I can see because the national plan uh, has positioned Hong Kong um, as such position. And um, uh, like BIMCO, um, uh, very pleased to have uh, BIMCO in the uh, chosen Hong Kong as the place. Rosetta and I, Benjamin, together with um, Frank um, Chen, 
or other shipping associations. We visited Bimiko last year, and we lobbied this. The reason is simple. This, the uh, Hong Kong is the best place to resolve the disputes, in particular, uh, the users, um, you know, traders with, with China. Um, um, I, I think um, it's a good opportunity. Hong Kong, we can play more uh, in the BRI and the GBA. Uh, and uh, in order to show the strengths of Hong Kong legal professionals, uh, I think we should work together more. Let's say uh, we need um, promote us uh, to the Chinese government, Hong Kong government and the business circles like BIMCO. If they have BRI or GBA uh, standard contracts, Hong Kong should be the first one. We should promote this. I think Edward and uh, Rosetta, we have been trying hard to get the Chinese government or the business circles to choose Hong Kong and as natural choice. Um, the other things I'm doing is, or with Rosetta and other people, we, we are trying to, um, you, you know, Hong Kong's position has been, uh, you know, uh, position in the national plan as a dispute resolution center. Why not we have Greater Bay Arbitration Institution or court in Hong Kong so we can serve. Uh, and last Saturday I attended a seminar and I understand the Chinese university has done a survey. 70% of the Hong Kong invested Hong Kong in Guangdong area chosen Hong Kong law as a governing law in the contract. That's really good for the Hong Kong lawyers, even they choose <laughs> the Chinese court. I mean, it's good, you have a dispute uh, and 70% is, 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 is a large sum. So we should promote those associations to use Hong Kong as a basis of dispute resolution, or at least Hong Kong law will apply. So yeah, I, I think um, we do, yeah. I was going to interrupt you very quickly there, just because yeah. this this there is this raises a, a very interesting point, which yeah. I would like to open uh, to the rest of the panel. Yeah. And 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 it's it's this. Um, a lot of these initiatives are uh, jointly, uh, if you will, uh, between Hong Kong and mainland China. Yeah. And of course. These are, as you mentioned, uh, initiatives that are very beneficial to Hong Kong. Uh, show to the rest of the world that uh, China intends to maintain a prominent role for Hong Kong uh, in, in her development and her kind of global expansion. Um, but the question I have, and perhaps I would start with Andrew on this is, um, are these initiatives a double-edged sword for Hong Kong in the sense that, is there a risk that uh, Hong Kong will be rightly seen as the gateway to China, which it has always been, but wrongly seen as of smaller relevance to the rest of the region. Uh, to, to kind of use a, a not particularly apt term, is Hong Kong risking becoming a, a one-trick pony in, in the sense of just dealing with kind of China disputes? Mm. Uh, Andrew, if we could hear from you first. Yeah, uh, that's um, that's a really good question and a very challenging question, Tim. Thank you very much for it. I'm not sure I'm very happy to answer it. Um, I would, uh, I, I must say, when I first heard about the government's GBA plan, I was a bit sort of uh, 
taken aback and thinking, oh my gosh, this is really the end for Hong Kong or the beginning of the end. Um, and, um, and then I read the plan a little bit more closely and I, I looked at, um, not, obviously not in Chinese and I apologize um, that I can't read uh, the Chinese, but um, I, was, uh, I was quite um, pleased at the way that the role of Hong Kong um, is, is still preserved within the GBA plan to be a dispute resolution center, not just for um, China facing disputes, but for international disputes as well. And I think that um, the, the institutions that are present in Hong Kong are, um, are very keen and, and, and obviously China is important to Hong Kong because we are oh, part yes. of China, right? Um, but at the same time, um, we are an international city. And um, uh, uh, notwithstanding um, uh, recent um, troubles that the city has seen and, and fortunately restoration to peace, I, I think, um, we still have uh, one of the most international judiciaries in the world. I mean, if you look at the senior courts here, um, and you compare it to the senior courts in, in England or the US, which are seen as sort of uh, bastions of um, uh, common law uh, uh, liberalism, um, Hong Kong has a much more representative judiciary than anywhere else in the world. Um, and that's the sort of backbone that backs up um, an even more diverse and international uh, arbitrators list at the Hong Kong International Arbitration Center um, and the specialist list in, in the Hong Kong Maritime Arbitrations uh, Arbitrators Group. So I would say there is obviously a, a, a potential that it could run down um, the, the route of being a one-trick pony, but I think that, um, that certainly the institutions and the intention is that it's not going to be, um, uh, be that and it will remain an international uh, city for for relevance. Um, Thank you, Andrew. I, I, no worries. Sorry, I, I, I do. No, I, no, no, you no. mentioned institutions, and I didn't mean to interrupt you. But uh, speaking of institutions, Arthur, do you share the cautious optimism uh, that uh, <laughs> that I'd, uh, Andrew? I'd, I'd just, probably uh, go overboard split. a little bit more, Demetrius. Um, <laughs> well, I, I, you're I, more I than welcome to. Please I wouldn't ahead. be cautious at all. Um, but but. In some ways, you, you posed a very good question. Um, what is it that would bring people to use Hong Kong maritime dispute resolution from around the world? Um, of course, our links to China are important. Is that a one trick pony? Is that just one thing? We, we have, um, what, what you need to have is a very successful dispute resolution center. You have, have to have the support of the courts. We have fantastic support of the courts. You have to have um, a strong legal profession, which we certainly have here in Hong Kong. You need to have uh, Hong Kong arbitrators and mediators. It's not, um, uh, you don't make yourself into a dispute resolution center by having people from other jurisdictions uh, sitting on your panel. Uh, you have to create your homegrown experience and expertise. And, and we certainly have that. Um, we have a lot of strengths that really, uh, when, when you look at the virtual world of arbitration, which I think uh, in some ways we might be heading towards whether we like it or not, um, I still think that we can attract people into using Hong Kong because of the strengths that we have. We, um, uh, the strengths that we have, I'm afraid, do surpass uh, strengths that other 
competing jurisdictions might have. And um, if you want more information on that, I can refer you to the website of Hong Kong Mag, uh, where we lay some of these out in, in, in some detail. Um, but I, you know, I, I really think that in the virtual world of arbitration or when people are choosing a venue, um, Hong Kong should really be uh, pretty much at the top of the list. I, it's not for me to say as a, uh, as a moderator, but I would tend to agree. Um, Rosita, uh, Lianjin mentioned that you and Edward, and of course a lot of us know that uh, between the three of you, you are tireless campaigners in, in kind of promoting Hong Kong, not just vis-a-vis -vis China, but uh, just generally as a, as a standalone jurisdiction. Uh, uh, where do you stand on the optimism scale? Uh, are you throwing a caution at the window as Arthur is doing? Or are you uh, are you more cautiously optimistic as as Andrew is? I am uh, absolutely uh, optimistic about the development of Hong Kong, being and not only the regional but also international dispute resolution center. And um, I have listened uh, carefully to what Arthur and Andrew had uh, uh, have said, uh, replying to your question. My my thoughts are quite different. My thing is that China is now the second largest economy of the world. So the need for arbitration and legal services, distributional services can only be growing. It cannot be reducing or diminishing. So the whole thing is that they need the service and we are here. And we are not only serving uh, people of the mainland China, but because for arbitration, there must be an agreement and there will be dispute arising from an agreement. So if the agreement is with, say for instance, some Western uh, people, then by being the arbitration place or system arbitration, we are actually not only helping China, but also helping the other party to the agreement. No matter they are from Europe, Africa, Southeast Asia, other East Asian countries, whatever, you name it. So in that way, basically is, uh, <clears throat> as Arthur mentioned, China is of course an important point here, but we are also basically advancing international arbitration in that way. So uh, absolutely, I am very optimistic about that. Uh, we're here, we will advance further and we will excel. Thank you, Rosita. Uh, actually in, in the process, of uh, your remarks, you you answered uh, the final question and actually the, the closing uh, question that I have uh, for you as panelists. We, we have about just under five minutes to go. So I wanted to invite each and every one of you in, in one minute or less, to, to deliver your, your own, your own personal message to those who have been using Hong Kong or indeed considering now Hong Kong as a venue for dispute resolution um, in the region, especially in relation to competing jurisdictions that uh, Arthur uh, mentioned. So what is your message to, to those people who are, a lot of them are our clients or our members as a PNI club and what is your verdict on the health of Hong Kong as a legal hub in Asia. Uh, Rosita, you inadvertently already answered the question. Uh, so uh, Edward, I'll give you one minute before I go on to, to Lianjun and Arthur and Andrew. Um, yeah, many thanks, Dimitris. Um, 
indeed, I share all the comments uh, uh, by the other panel members on your question, which is a very good question, actually. And I sometimes also have these kind of questions from my clients, especially for those foreign clients. And, and also, I think you, probably we, most of us have seen um, recently, uh, like Financial Times and also some other uh, international newspapers commented on the independent independence of judiciary here and also um, make the question mark regarding whether Hong Kong can still maintain as a neutral neutral uh, place. Uh, I, well, we are not going to that uh, in detail, but we can, I think we all agree, especially for our sh uh, shipping arbitration, maritime arbitration, we parties can choose their own arbitrators and, and all the arbitrators actually, as long as you choose those renowned or respectful arbitrators in Hong Kong or worldwide to arbitrate your case, you can still, you, you, you enjoy the same neutrality and impartiality of all the arbitrators, for example, if you have the arbitration in London or, New, uh, your, your, or, or elsewhere. So that's the I mean, message I'd like Let me to stop you there, Andrew, because it's a good juncture because you spoke of impartiality, which is very important in what we do. Uh, Arthur, closing remarks from you, and then I'll go to Lian Jun. Very, very quickly, uh, take a look at Hong Kong, take a look at our website, Hong Kong Maritime Arbitration Group. Low and predictable costs, efficient and expeditious. Um, we, we have a lot of experience here in Hong Kong and um, I believe the disputes that we're resolving um, are well accepted by the parties. Thank you. Thank you, Arthur. Lian Jun, uh, 30 seconds from you and finally from okay. Andrew. <laughs> Okay, I was in Qingdao last week, so I told uh, the people there, say, choose Hong Kong as a dispute resolution center. We have fantastic legal system, we have good arbitrator, lawyers, P&I clubs, everything you can find for shipping. Thank you. Thank you, Lianjun. Andrew? Uh, yeah, I guess I would just very quickly finally say is that growth comes through pain. Um, I think Hong Kong has been through a, a few uh, a few months, a year or so of examining itself and just looking, taking a long, hard look at itself. Um, and, and through that, it's going to come out uh, stronger, more resilient uh, and more able to, to do that. Um, and we as a firm are showing a belief in this by um, growing our international arbitration practice. And today we were joined by Dr. Fan Yang um, who's a well-known arbitrator uh, and practitioner uh, as a partner in our Hong Kong office. So um, growth in Hong Kong, I think. Thank you, Andrew. Well, there's nothing left for me but to uh, thank you all for your time and for your contribution today. And I will uh, leave it to Nicholas now. Thank you very well, much, everyone. All thank I you. want to say is thank you very much. Dimitri, you did a great job. And of course, every one of thank you, you. Uh, had tremendous insight to contribute. Tremendous thanks to all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.